Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 176 of the Canadian Football Countdown and proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, we are here to recap, or no, sorry, to preview week number 15 in the CFL. We're going to take a look ahead at the storylines for each of the three games on the schedule this week. Yes, a bit of a smaller week. We'll take a look at the top CFL fantasy options, and we'll make our picks against the spread here tonight as well, powered by Betstamp. Uh, let's bring in the rest of the panel. First of all, I'm Ryan. I am happy to be here, joined, as always, by the rest of the crew, which is the great Adam Stewart, first of all. Adam, how are you doing tonight? Real good. I think we should just cancel it here right now, though, and call the episode good, and that's all we need to do, right, guys? I, I don't think we have anything else to talk about tonight or anything like that, right? Uh, we'll, we'll get into it in a sec, Adam. You have a job to do tonight, so I'm told, but we'll get to that shortly. But of course, first we have to bring in the other part of the, I was going to say trinamic trio, dynamic duo, trinamic trio. That doesn't sound quite right, but uh, the great Trey Colbeck is here with us as always. Trey, how are you doing tonight? Man, I just cracked a Red Bull, so I hope we're not stopping the show now, boys. I'm going to be up for a couple hours, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good, guys. I'm going to be keep looking down. I'm doing an NFL fantasy draft during the show, so if you keep seeing me look down, I'm uh, I'm on the clock right now. So, uh, ooh, Stefan Diggs, welcome to the team. But, you know, uh, we'll get a good CFL talk going, too. <laughs> so, you know, Trey, Trey wants this night to get over with quickly, too. I think we're good without, uh, you know, a whole lot else, right? We're good. We'll get into it in a second. You're not getting off of the hook here this evening, Adam. Uh, yes, welcome everybody joining us live on our live chat. We're live on a variety of platforms, all thanks to our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. You can learn more uh, by visiting watch.gametimetv.ca or follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash gametimetvmb. Before we go any further, we also want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oja Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. also want to take a moment to thank another sponsor for this episode of the podcast, which is Betstamp. Uh, Betstamp uh, is a free app that helps you find the best value across all the different sports books out there. Each one offers you different, uh, every sports book offers you different prices on the same games. How can you find the best value? Well, BetStamp makes that easy for you by putting all of them all in the same place for you to look at. Uh, you can see the best odds. You can pick the ones you like the most. Uh, and through their uh, BetLink page, you can go sign up immediately for the corresponding affiliate uh, and uh, make your picks there. If you want to track your wages, if you want analytics on them as well, you can do that through the BetStamp app. You can also see what other people are picking on the games we talk about. You can uh, look in the commission-free marketplace and through the verified bet tracking, you get, the, you get the guarantee that the odds others have picked on are verified and legitimate. You can find us on the marketplace at CF Countdown Pod. You can find Trey's picks, the CFL is NFL picks, uh, every week over at Tracy of Countdown on there as well. Uh, so sign up today at betstamp.app or through your local app store. Use referral code CFC to let them know we sent you. And uh, as always, best of luck with your wagers. Always bet responsibly. Make sure you do not bet the farm. And uh, well, before we get into previewing each of the games this week, speaking of bets, we do have a bet to settle 
from the past couple of weeks. Go back to our Labor Day Classic preview show. The two men here beside me that made a bit of a wager, a Bomber fan and a Ryder fan, doubleheader back-to-back between the two teams. Uh, Trey, you want to tell us what this wager was? I just believe uh, Adam needs to pledge his allegiance here to uh, not King Charles, but, you know, a couple other kings and a couple other things here. And uh, no, you know, no tiebreaker was needed. That game in the end of September means nothing. And uh, hopefully half the riders can actually play. So, Adam, you know, here you go, buddy. Before I start, I want to apologize to the Rider Nation uh, before uh, nevertheless, I guess I got to read this speech that I got from Trey. Oh, come on. You had to even post it just me. Uh, whatever. I'll get us Hi, in here for Adam, the reaction. I, Adam, hereby declared my love and admiration to everything Blue Bomber. This includes the most beauty of a quarterback to ever play in the CFL, Chris Trebler. This also includes Buzz and Boomer, the two greatest mascots in the CFL. Either one could swallow poor Gainer whole in one gulp, but chose not to because they are so powerful and merciful beings. Gator is lucky to be one of the top 10 mascots in the CFL and is also lucky to even be walking after the beating he'd taken over the last two weeks. The Superior Blue Bombers beat the pathetic Rough Riders twice and outscored us Melonheads 74 to 38. No wonder some of them had upset tummies before the Banjo Bowl. I would have too. The fear seen in the Rough Riders' eyes was evident when they kept committing bonehead penalties and it looked like the Riders just wanted to go home without ever having to face the godly Blue Bombers. It wouldn't be right if I forget to make mention of the stadiums in the two respective cities. Although there was a huge construction and financial delays to IG Field, at least it does not look like a giant toilet like New Mosaics does. What's that about? I was foreshadowing how the Riders were going to need the toilets this past week. The Bombers are undefeated against the Riders in their last six meetings. Two Labor Days, two Banjo Bulls, and two West Finals have all gone to the back-to-back champs, Winnipeg. The Labor Day curse is no more, and the Bombers are at the rightful place at the top of the CFL once again. All hail Prince Chris Trevler. All hail Coach O'Shea. All hail the mighty protectors of the realm, Buzz and Boomer. All hail to the loudest and best fans of the CFL. And all hail the kings of the CFL, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Love me, the newest Blue Bomber fan. You should take up a career in speech writing, Adam. You do a wonderful job. I mean, I was going to go and throw in the, my, my fellow Rider Nation just to see if I could take the presidential job from Craig Reynolds, but, you know. <laughs> uh, well done, sir. Way to honor the bet. Uh, great speech writing, Trey, though, actually. Trey, with the with the clutch speech writing there. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep, drafted somebody. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Had to take Singletary here, boys. <laughs> Uh, what a great what a great start to this show here. We've got Adam professing his love to his newfound favorite team. We've got Trey drafting his new favorite fantasy team. And I'm just having a blast here, just uh, getting to take it all in. Uh, well, let's get into talking about the CFL games this week. And uh, we'll start with uh, Adam's former favorite team, the, uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here. 
Uh, Adam, let's get into the storylines. Uh, what do you got for us on Edmonton and Saskatchewan? Well, I think the big story about the Riders and the Elks right now is the injury report, and that is not a very good thing right now for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, we've got, I'm just going to read these off really quickly here. Uh, Blaise Brown, Demarcus Christmas, Dan Clark, of course, we know on that one. He was limited in practice, which was amazing, but he is out this week. Uh, Jeremy Clark is still with an illness. Uh, I think that it was, uh, uh, Larry Dean was just resting. So that's not a big issue. Cody Fajardo though. Uh, congratulations to him and his wife, Laura on a new baby boy. So that's good to hear. And he is questionable. However, Sounds like he'll play Friday. Uh, Logan Furlan, Mason Fine, Jake Hardy, uh, Justin Herdman-Reed, Anthony Lanier, uh, Nelson Lacombo, Godfrey Odnieka, Mitchell Picton, James Tuck, Taryn Vaughn, Duke Williams. All of these guys are either questionable or out for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. There might be a reason why I switch teams because, man, that is a list like there is no tomorrow. Uh, from what I could know of this is, some of it is illness. Some of it is just uh, little bang-ups. There is not a lot of serious injuries on this list other than the one to Dan Clark. Also, Anthony Lanier is a head injury. That could be a little bit more of a concern going into this one. And, I mean, he, without him in there, uh, we've seen what the Riders looked like last week with that li uh, defensive line. It was now there wasn't much of a defense there. So, yeah, no, uh, I think that's the big storyline that going into this one. Uh, for the Rough Riders. Ryan, what are you looking at for the Riders? Yeah, I mean, the big story last game was obviously all of the pieces that were out due to illness right before the game. And we saw that take a bit of a toll on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders where, uh, you know, the, it certainly didn't help when they also, the defense was out on the field a lot early on in the game. And I think that led to some tiredness down the stretch that really hurt them there. And they, they just looked gassed in the second half of that game. So, yeah, the, the list of injuries concerns me here a little bit for Saskatchewan. Uh, if Cody Fajardo does not play because he's listed as questionable due to the birth of his child, which uh, I certainly wouldn't blame him if he, he doesn't play uh, based on that, because that's a very special moment that him and his wife should enjoy with each other. Uh, but I'm concerned for the Riders if he doesn't play. I, I, I think that offense has been getting better the past couple of weeks, and he has been getting better the past couple of weeks. But I don't know if I'm sold on them still making that step forward if it's Mason Fine or Jake Dolagalis. So uh, for me, you know, you've got a good matchup here. You've got an Edmonton team that is lower than you in the standings. You should win this game. For me, it's a question of when we see that depth chart Thursday night, what is it going to look like for Saskatchewan? Uh, Trey? Yeah, I think it all comes down to just, you know, who is available and, and, it was quite a list Adam was saying, you know, it's next man up to a degree, but when you start hitting a point and yeah, as a father of three, man, I wouldn't want to play a football game a couple of days after the birth of any of them, uh, let alone. Yeah. Anything, you know, uh, uh, Ryan, you're going to experience this soon. It's awful. Um, but it's, it's right. You're right. The good memories. And there's that too. And if I was Cody, I'd rather be at home with my newborn than with the dumpster fire Saskatchewan Rough Riders right now too. Right. So I think they're. I think these two teams are just playing for pride now. I really don't know how much playoff hopes they either have, and even if they do make the playoffs in a nine-team league, I, I, I don't think either one of them's pulling the Cinderella three straight or two straight on the road and then Great Cup scenario here. So, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It wouldn't be a bad idea if Cody sat out, regardless of 
whatever reason it is, you know, maybe he does have a couple of injuries to sit out. You want to see the other guys. And I just want to see Edmonton. I want to see Cornelius. He got paid. Is he going to keep playing on the other side, right? I, you know, we always see that in uh, le- bigger leagues when guys get their contracts. They kind of sit back a little bit. Now he got a two-year, I believe, didn't he? Yeah, so he's got two, he's got a he two years after the remainder of this one, so he could just hit the hit the brakes this year and have a decent next year or two, and he might get another contract, right? So it's a very interesting game. You know what I really want to point out though on this game? I know you guys are saying Cody Fajardo could sit out. Saskatchewan wins this game. Edmonton is officially eliminated from the playoffs, so that is a big thing. If Saskatchewan wins it, they're seven eleven, and very few teams in the East. Uh, that being Ottawa, Hamilton, uh, maybe Montreal's a little better, but Hamilton and Montreal would have a very, or Hamilton and Ottawa would have a very hard time catching Saskatchewan if they win this game. So this could almost be a playoff game for the Riders, essentially, or at least a very good opportunity to start maybe making steps towards clinching this. So there's a lot on the line for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this week. And the uh, flip side of this, Riders lose this one. Yeah, all bets are off on that East crossover. I'll put it that way. Uh, looking over at the Edmonton side of the ball, you guys touched on a little bit, two-year contract extension for Taylor Cornelius, which is uh, kind of surprising to me in a little ways, just because you've got uh, the XFL, which he was a part of before uh, starting up here in the CFL. He was a big part of that, uh, second generation, I guess, of the XFL. Kind of surprising that he maybe wasn't looking at that a little bit, but uh no, two-year extension for him. So uh, the other piece that I wanted to talk a little bit about is, uh, well, we'll talk about him a little later in probably fantasy, but Dylan Mitchell has had a pretty few uh, few good uh, weeks here. Uh, Ryan, what can you say about him? I love everything about Dylan Mitchell. He's one of those guys, this is the time of year I love most for football, both from the competitive standpoint of the team's down the stretch, you know, tighten those playoff races. We all talk about, you know, the season starts after Labor Day. I love the other side of it too, where you have teams that are playoff hopes are bleak. Playoff hopes are after this week, potentially non-existent for Edmonton. Then you start seeing which guys are going to make an impact and make a name for themselves next year. And Dylan Mitchell seems like he's working his way into a starting role for the Elks going into next season. I, I mentioned it. On the Monday recap, I think three straight games, he's had a catch of at least 40 yards in there. He's been, you know, filling in pretty nicely with Manny Arsenault out, with Kenny Lawler out. And uh, it's great to see because this is a team that, you know, I didn't think was a very deep football team. Now they're finding a couple diamonds in the rough. So if Chris Jones can can work on that going forward with moves this offseason, then yeah, maybe we see an Edmonton team that gets back on track. And that's what Chris Jones does, right? Year one is a write-off, but year two is where his teams start to come out a little bit. So if we're starting to see these pieces now, I'm a little higher on on the Elks coming into next season. And and just to touch on the Taylor Cornelius thing, I, I love I love the signing of Taylor Cornelius. I was a little hard on him coming into the year. I'll give him that. But I think he's really turned his game around quite a bit. The record, people are still going to be naysayers of him because of it. But he's the fantasy MVP quarterback right now with Nathan Rourke out due to injury. Like, he's still putting up the the rushing yards, putting up the passing yards. Interceptions have been down from last season. So I like it. Maybe it's just because maybe we're not going into camp with 12 quarterbacks this year. Maybe you have some consistency going into next season. And the big storyline for me on the Elks in this game 
is really what the play of Taylor Cornelius is going to be like. Because you've got to play up to that two-year contract now. And you've got Trey Ford breathing down your neck because he is back in the lineup, it looks like, this week. He may get involved a little bit. You better make sure you play well in this game because Chris Jones is not going to hesitate to switch a quarterback if he feels he needs a spark, especially in what's a desperation game right now for Edmonton. Trey, any thoughts on the uh, Edmonton Elks right now? Uh, I think Ryan brought up a good point on that Trey Ford thing. You're right. I, I could see them making quarterback change as soon as Taylor Cornelius falters. What about you? Well, I thought that, and then they gave him an extension. So I wonder how much of that's guaranteed money too, right? Because that plays into it too. If uh, Chris Jones is GM as well, right? So if he feels that if he gives Cornelius a bunch of guaranteed money, that's kind of him saying he's the guy, right? But I don't know what we don't – or I wish we knew contract structures. That's the big thing the CFL needs to work on. And um, But, yeah, from a playing standpoint, yeah, Cornelius should be feeling some breath uh, – from Trey Ford, uh, you know, before he got injured, he definitely had was showing some things, a little bit of, you know, mobility, things that Cornelius has. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if they did a two, uh, two-headed two system going forward to a little bit, maybe giving Trey Ford some packages here and there. But never know with uh, Chris Jones, Trey Ford could be playing cornerback, right? So we never know. Yeah, no, uh, that's exactly it. I mean, Trey Ford was drafted high by the Elks. I just see it as a, they signed Taylor Cornelius, they're guaranteed, they've got a quarterback, but they could switch this up very quickly and see what Trey Ford has. I mean, they didn't really get a good sample size uh, before he got injured with a shoulder injury before, so very interesting to see what happens there. Anything else in this game, guys, that uh, is going to be keys to this game, other than the aforementioned, like we do every time, Saskatchewan with their penalties, uh, right? Uh, Edmonton's on the road, so they stand a chance at winning. Fair point. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's a very good point. I mean, Edmonton just can't seem to win in Commonwealth, so why not go to Mosaic? It seems like Winnipeg knows how to win there. They might be asking Trey. Uh, Trey, what else do you think on this game? Any other points, or? Oh, nah, man, I want better for Saskatchewan, man. Like, I really do want better for you, man. I, I really, I, if, you know, we were talking, joking about, you know, the line about this one. It's like plus eight last time we looked for Saskatchewan's favor. If they don't win, man, that's, I just, I want better for my, like, I want better for you guys. That's all I got to say, like, from a emotional standpoint. The game, it's probably going to probably, it should be 30, 15, you know, kind of in there for rough riders, but you never know. So we'll see. Is this on Friday? Uh, good game on Friday. Good stuff. I think, I think the riders are probably going to end up and we'll see this later on in bets, but I think the riders are probably going to end up going and uh, wanting to have a little bit of a, you know, what we're still in the league. We're still a pretty good team. The kind of uh, re recovery from what they had against uh, the Winnipeg blue bombers. Uh, moving on to Saturday. Now, uh, we have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who are now, what, 12-1? and 1? I mean, it's getting to the point where they pretty much can clinch first, I think, with the win this week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, whole, they can clinch, I think it's home playoff game. If they win in Calgary, loses, if I am correct. Not quite clinching first yet, though. Okay. So anyway, uh, Winnipeg is playing Hamilton this week in the old Tim Hortons field. Uh, rare away game, I guess, over in Hamilton, which uh, I don't know what to say about the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They, they, they've kind of suffered in quarterback, and Dane Evans has not really proven much. 
I know they were on a bye last week, but again, just on inspired football, it seems from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, Trey, what do you got this time first on the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Again, this was an, uh, it's the team that's what were they 15 and three the year 2019? Like, and they weren't that bad last year. It's it's the parody of the CFL, and they lost a couple of guys. And uh, I'm worried from a betting standpoint this could be a trap game you know if you're looking at it from a betting standpoint i don't know if winnipeg will lose but hamilton could cover winnipeg had you know they did run up 50 some points it was a hard fought two hard fought games against saskatchewan um i don't i haven't heard anything but you never know they could be susceptible to a bug if it was going around saskatchewan's team right they did share the field for three hours with each other and it's travel, um, you know, and it, it, I could see this being a trap game, not necessarily with the win, but I think Hamilton's going to have to go with my keys. They got to run the ball. They got to slow down that defensive line of Winnipeg. And when they're on offense, they got to just hope that Bombers continue to play zone, right? That's all they do. And every quarterback seems to pick them apart. And then just once in a while, they the Bombers get the stop or the third down an inches stop or something stupid like that, and it all works out. Right, Ryan? Yeah, see, the problem is two of the three keys you gave there are things the Hamilton Tiger Cats just don't do. They don't run the ball, and their offensive line has been inadequate for large portions of this season. And uh, do we know yet who the starter is going to be for the Tiger Cats? I don't know if we know for sure. I know Dane Evans has been practicing the, these these couple days this week so maybe he gets back in you know he did have a bit of an injury but also maybe it was a little bit benched before you know we had uh we had jamie newton jamie newman uh we had uh uh we had jalen morton playing a little bit in that game they got a bye week now maybe he's a little more rested. maybe he's had more time to watch film over the bye week to to get himself back on track here dane evans but what a matchup to have to come back to if he is going to get back into the starting lineup. The team that's terrorized him in back-to-back gray cups and I think, you know, is still in Dane Evans's head. So if there's any game where he could potentially turn around the narrative on his season, it has to be this one, I think. I think this is the starting point. If he can come out, limit the turnovers and put up a good game against the Bombers, that's going to do a ton for his confidence and for his team's confidence and his coach's confidence in him here down the stretch yeah things are looking bleak in the standings maybe for Hamilton you know they're last I I think in the east right now but it's still a close enough division that if they start rallying with some wins they can make it into the playoffs here still and then anything can happen from there so yeah I think that's right now what all eyes are on with Hamilton is just who's going to start at quarterback and uh, can they get decent production from the quarterback position which they've really only gotten from Matt Schiltz so far this year who's on the injured list. Yeah, speaking of the injured list, I'll just run through a few key injuries on each side of the thing. Dane Evans is listed on their injury chart. Uh, He's been full participant in practice, so even though he's got a right shoulder injury of some sort. uh, Chris Van Zyl, that could be a pretty significant injury also for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Big offensive lineman. He had practiced... uh, Monday, but then has been limited and did not even practice today. So he'll be very interesting to see if he goes this week. Uh, over on the other side of the ball for injuries that probably you guys should talk about, Drew Wolitarski, he got himself injured in the Banjo Bowl. He looks to be probably a guy that probably will be out this week. He hasn't practiced all week yet. Knee injury for him. Uh, Theodric Hansen, we know what's that. That's an Achilles injury. Same thing also uh, this week with Nick Taylor, which is another big loss 
for the B, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, guys, what are we looking for out of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I know once you're up 12 and 1, you're looking probably and thinking, you guys, that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers feel like they got to be unbeatable at this point. Uh, how do you, and I know Mike O'Shea has done a very good job of this in the last few years of keeping the guys focused. What is the message to Winnipeg playing a team like Hamilton? I mean, this was a great cup uh, match for two years in a row. I don't see it being won this year unless something drastic happens in Hamilton. But what's the message to, to the Bomber uh, team going into a game with a very kind of suspect opponent here, uh, Trent? Uh, like the same thing Osh pra- preaches every week, one and zero, right? That's it's it's something he preaches constantly. And if you are in Winnipeg media, let's watch it. That's all you hear, right? And we see in the CFL, it's the teams that heat up in September, October, the ones that usually go the farthest in November. So the Bombers are twelve and one, but they're very sloppy twelve and run one, right? So they still got a lot of things to work on. Like I said, they got a holy defense like Swiss cheese. Uh, Caleros isn't, you know, throwing for 400 yards by any means. They still don't have an amazing run game. They get lucky, and that's, you know, I guess the old adage, you've got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good, right? But it's going to run out eventually, and I think they need to get that skill down and fine-tune some things without giving away too much of the November playbook, right, Ryan? Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what the Bombers say every single week is, uh, you know, 0-0 to start the week. Let's be 1-0 at the end of the week. And I think that's what Coach O'Shea has done to rally his team around games, whether it's against the toughest opponent, whether it's against, you know, the bottom feeders in the league. It doesn't seem like the Bombers ever truly take a full day off, right? And out on, on game day, they... They may dip a little bit for a couple quarters, but then by fourth quarter, it's okay. Now now let's put the pressure on. Let's get it done, and that's what they consistently do. Uh, this is a team that, like you said, yeah, sloppy throughout the season so far. Last week was the rest game of the year, hands down. I think, uh, you know, a dominant victory for the Bombers in that one. What I'm looking for from them down the stretch now is I, I do believe they're going to finish first in the West Division. Now go out and put up a couple more dominant victories back-to-back here and really convince me that when we do our playoff preview show, I'm going to pick you to go to the finals and win the Grey Cup because I'm not 100% sold on that with Winnipeg right now. I think, yeah, they'll host the West final, but I think they've got competition, and I, I don't know who to pick one way or another there. So now's your chance to, down the stretch, A, show you are truly the best team in the CFL, and B, you know, play a little conservative, maybe make sure you don't get any key injuries, which is probably what we'll see in those last few weeks of the year. We'll probably see, uh, you know, a lot of the starters rest in that one. But in terms of what I'm watching in this game in particular, uh, two guys I have my eye on specifically the return of one Brandon Alexander at safety. He'll be playing his first game of the year, it seems, which is such an integral piece of that defense. And I think you, yeah, Nick Taylor might be out, you know, we've lost a couple defensive backs, Brandon Alexander helps big time there. The other guy I've got my eye on is Brandon O'Leary orange. Who's going to be stepping up to play in the absence of drew Wolitarski scored a touchdown. I think last game uh, when he went out due to injury again, next man up and uh, finding a way to uh, get a guy into the lineup who, I know the Bombers have been high on, so I'm excited to see him play a full game here, potentially. 
You know what I actually enjoyed watching last week? And again, it was against a team that I just hate to go and watch and get beat like that. But watching Mike O'Shea in the fourth quarter with three and a half minutes left, go and throw the challenge flag saying defensive pass interference on uh, the Rough Riders. And I'm like, are you kidding? This game's over. Like, what are you doing? I just love his attitude of 60 minutes, guys. It don't matter if we're up by 50 or if we're up by five. I'm going to throw the flag if there's a flag to throw. So, you know what, kudos to Mike O'Shea. He does a great job of this, of getting the guys in for a full 60 minutes. Most times I've seen the Winnipeg Blue Bombers usually have a slow start once every so often. I know they had it in the Labor Day game against the Saskatchewan a little bit. But you know what, they always seem to recover. They always seem to get back into it. Uh, It'd be nice to see them play a full 60 early, but they definitely bring their best game for the fourth quarter. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think when they're up in the fourth or even if they're down in the fourth, like maybe, well, one loss is here. I mean, what else do you want to know on them? Uh, anything else, guys, in this for key matchups that we need to see? Uh, Hamilton, I mean, let's face it, we've talked enough about them with Dane Evans and with uh, the lack of use of Don Jackson uh, or Tom, Tom, uh, Sean Thomas Erlington. I mean, it just... It's not, uh, let's face it, we know what we got with Hamilton. Anything for Winnipeg that we want to talk about here, or is we got to move on? Uh, Just keep running the score up, baby. Oh, keep running the score up. That's all I got to say. Gave me some fantasy points there. I think I still lost, but it gave me some fantasy points. Ryan, what do you else you got? Uh, I'm interested to see how much Dakota Prukop gets involved because he got involved quite a bit last week. And it, like I, you know, I've said, is this going to be, you know, Buck Pierce coming out with the second half of the season playbook, a little more finesse there, a little more involvement uh, of those kind of gadget plays with Dakota Prukop. I'm interested to see his involvement this week. Do we know if Dakota Prukop has dyed his hair blonde yet? And, uh, is starting to turn into more of a different guy from that's a practice roster player for the uh, New York Jets. Cold for the mail, I think I saw in the news. It's it's coming. It should be here by November. Ah. I was just, I was just gonna leave one outside the stadium for him to magically pick up. You know? Could you imagine? Like oh, like hypothetically here, like if 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 we got another guy who's doing similar things, like we just got to give like somewhat of a kudos to the scouting department. Like you know what I mean? Like you. you we're talking about there's a shortage of quarterbacks in both NFL and CFL right now, if you've watched any games over this last weekend. And then s- somehow the Bombers can find a guy like Strevler and now Prucrop uh, and Drew Brown. Like, geez, man. Those guys could all, those two guys could be starters somewhere else, I think. Yeah. I think so. How some teams are playing. I think I, so. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm not there okay. yet on them. All, all I know is Winnipeg. Hey, if the marketing team is listening, what you need to do is have Chris Trevler send back the Buffalo uh, uh, thing right over to Dakota Prukoff so you can put it on for the next game and get everybody in Winnipeg uh, lathered into a frenzy. I'm surprised so, they don't have that for like the player of the game. Like you know how teams often have something for the player of the game. Like why is that not a thing in Winnipeg? Because it's still the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, No way, no, I can't insult Winnipeg tonight. Anyway, I guess we better move on here to the last game of the week. We've only got three this week. Uh, This one would have been a doozy back in the day until a quarterback got injured in the BC Lions. Uh, The Lions go and they're traveling out to Calgary where they really haven't had a whole lot of success recently to take on the Calgary Stampeders. This is a battle of quarterbacks, essentially, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Jake Mayer uh, proved that he can beat the Edmonton Elks. Congratulations. You've done very well. 
now you get to play a team that you're going to be getting chased by or are chasing right now in the standings in the BC Lions, who also have a different quarterback all of a sudden in uh, in BC. Uh, Ryan, you want to talk about the BC quarterback situation? Yeah, well, the funny thing, so if you look at the injury report, you may say they have an entirely new quarterback altogether, and it's quarterback Delvin Bro Sr. I think there's a bit of a typo on the injury report that lists him as a quarterback right now. Uh, but uh, presumably that's not the case. But uh, don't worry, he didn't practice two days this week, so he probably won't start at quarterback anyways. Um, but no, Vernon Adams Jr., yeah, the new guy in town was brought in last week, got in for a couple snaps in the game against Montreal, didn't use him a whole ton. They went to Antonio Pipkin. And now it seems like Vernon Adams Jr. is going to get the start here going forward. And I think that makes sense. That's why they made the trade. That's why they brought him in. And, you know, I, I, I'm i very excited to see him play because I think he got a raw deal in Montreal. I'm still a believer in Adams Jr. Uh, I, I know we had Derek Taylor on the podcast a couple of weeks ago who, who, to his credit, you know, said he wasn't as high on, on the play of Vernon Adams Jr. And he made a lot of excellent points on that. And that's kind of made me a little more skeptical uh, of what we've seen from him because he is big play VA, but that also comes with a handful of mistakes as well. You know, last season, he wasn't the most accurate quarterback. He uses his legs well. He can make the big plays when he needs to, uh, but can he go out and deliver a full game? So I don't know what we're going to get here because this is an offense that has just had no life the last couple of weeks, but it has all of the weapons and all of the tools to succeed in it. So now can Vernon Adams being injected into there bring that back to life? And probably most of the questions for me are honestly going to be on offensive coordinator Jordan Matzmitz, who I thought uh, put together an excellent game plan when Nathan Rourke was at the helm. Terrible game plan the past couple of weeks for the Lions. So I want to see a better game plan, more emphasis on the run, and maybe VA's uh, running ability plays into that. Uh, Trey, what do you think of VA getting his first start here for BC? Oh, boys, I'm just, like, slobbering at the mouth for this game. I, I want to see VA in a different scheme. Has a lot more uh, talented players around him. I wasn't a fan of having to explain to Derek Taylor why I was high on VA, but... It is what it is. The two West games this week are going to be playoff games, you know, playoff uh, mentality. And, um, yeah, I just want to see VA get a shot with some talent around him. You know, it, it, he still could throw two picks, but so could Mayer on the other side, right? They're two young, youngish guys, unproven, even though VA's been around for a while, but they've both been around in the systems for a while. And I think it's, it's who wants to lead this team to the playoffs and potentially Grey Cup. You know, they're getting their Tom Brady moment where the guy gets down and are they going to go for it and be the next MOP and Zach Claros-esque? Are they going to be, uh, remember when Rourke went out and that guy V8 backed him up and remember when Bo got the yank and some guy named Mayer got a couple of games or half a season in and then, you know, completely new scheme next year, which we see all the time in the CFL, right? So I think that this is the game for them right there. You know, I was just taking a look at a stat here. Uh you know what VA reminds me of a little bit is Jameis Winston uh, down in uh, in the NFL, if you guys want to compare that to. Uh, famous has one thing about him, and that's the turnovers. Uh, VA can make some huge plays, either with his feet or with the big throw, and he does have a good arm. However, once in a while, I find that he gets that idea that he's going to make a throw that he really shouldn't have made. 
And if you look at uh, Jameis Winston's career, especially at Tampa Bay back in the day, that's a very good comparison to Vernon Adams, unfortunately. Uh, that being said, I really hope that he does well because I still have too many BC Lion receivers in my uh, roster this week for fantasy. So I'm hoping he can do something with it. Um, just take a look in the chats here, guys. Chris uh, went and said in the chat, call me crazy, but after seeing the BC Lions lose to Montreal, I think we could see Sask, uh, Saskatchewan move up to third and might see the Lions drop significantly. I just want to ask this really quickly, guys. Was that a uh, drop in the pan, the game against Montreal, or was that the future of the BC Lions without Nathan Rourke? Uh, Ryan, what's your thoughts? I don't want to think it is because, again, they have so much talent at wide receiver. And if you've got VA who last season, was it last season, the season before, did show some good signs you know, uh, of progression at times. So I believe he can inject some life into that offense. I also believe the defense is better than they've played the last couple of weeks. But now they've got some injuries at defense, like having TJ Lee hasn't practiced two days this week. This week. Delvin Bro, as I mentioned, was a defensive back, uh, didn't practice two days this week. Those are two key pieces for them. So uh, I don't think they're going to drop that much, though. I think it might be, you know, kind of middle of the road, so to say, going down the stretch drive here, but that should still get them into a West playoff spot. Uh, Trey? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to fall past Saskatchewan. I want to see what Saskatchewan does for the rest of the year, too. They might, it, it in theory, be battling for third, but I don't know how close it'll be. And like Ryan said, VA's in there. I think if they didn't get VA, okay, then yeah, I think BC's going um, going for Connor Bedard or, or, or whatever. And, um, you know, um, <laughs> And but but yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought. You guys cracked me up when you laugh. But you know, now with having VA, I think this could be their you know adrenaline shot here coming in the last few games. And all they gotta do is keep their head above water, and they slide in third, right? They don't need to play. They don't need to be twelve and one blue bombers right now. They just gotta find what they need to do to win a game. Hopefully, a home game for them in November, and then a road game in IG Field a week later, and then hopefully another game in Mosaic. Right? That's all they gotta hope for is just get in, and then once you're in the dance, you can ask any pretty girl you want to dance. Right? Well, just like I said on Monday, though, I think getting third and sliding into that away game in the playoffs is not gonna be good enough for BC if they want to get to that dance. I don't like BC playing a cold weather game out in Calgary when they're used to their home games in the dome. I, I really don't. So these next two games, these are going to be key for them. They have back-to-back with Calgary, and uh, they can control their fate if they come out and win these. Absolutely. And the other thing, I, uh, Chris, you're asking if Saskatchewan could pass. Saskatchewan has by far one of the worst standing of the season schedule. We've got Calgary twice, I think, or three times, if I'm not mistaken. We've got Winnipeg again. And, oh, by the way, we also have uh, Hamilton, who is fighting for their pay- playoff lives. So we're going to be up against a very tough team a uh, couple weeks. And by the way, also BC has the uh, point, uh, has the season series on us. So that means that they get, if it's a tie, they get the playoff spot anyways. So in all honesty, I'm quite happy with taking fourth place this year because it's going to be a murderer's row in the West. Uh, if you play Winnipeg or you play Calgary, either one, I really wouldn't want to match up against right now if you're the Rough Riders or really even the BC Lions until, you know, Nathan Rourke is 100% ready to go. I don't know if I want to face either of those, to be honest with you, just by the way that they're going. 
Uh, not saying that they couldn't pull an upset or two. I mean, anything could happen when you get into a one-game playoff. But either way. Uh, Calgary, we got to talk a little bit about them. Uh, Jake Mayer has looked pretty good in the last little bit. And looks like they're using Tommy Stevens a little bit more, especially in that short yardage uh, slash... Uh, how did you word that there on the Monday uh, podcast there, Ryan? Tommy, it's touchdown Tommy, baby. Touchdown Tommy. So I guess the real question with Calgary is, is Bo Levi Mitch? I mean, we've asked this question a few times, and I still want to hear it once more from you guys because I know I asked Eric Taylor, and he gave a pretty bold answer on what he thought. Are we done with the Bo Levi Mitchell uh, uh, what do you call era in Calgary? To me, it looks like it. Uh, Ryan. Well, they're certainly not going to put him on third and one uh, to the run, right? So if Jake Mayer is your starter going forward, you know Bo is uh, your backup now. Uh, basically, in the case where uh, where he goes down, right? It's going to be similar to the Winnipeg situation where you've got your third stringer will come in for the short yardage and then you've got your backups really only going to come in and start the game if the, the starter has a bad day or gets injured. So again, still good insurance policy down the stretch next season. It's interesting. Is Bo still there in Calgary as a quarterback? I don't know. Is he move into a coaching position? Does he move somewhere else? Does he move to the TSN panel? I think there are a variety of different scenarios for Bo Levi Mitchell coming into next year. And that's probably going to be one of the main topics we're talking about uh, in off-season podcasts. Trey? One second. I'm just quickly, I'm just quickly Googling. Oh, sorry, go ahead. oh, you go. Sorry. What? No, I was just going to ask Ryan, why Why wouldn't you run a guy that's over $700,000 a year on third and one? I mean, the, the rec laws all said third and one from the gun is the in thing. It would set it would set uh, season records for him in, on rushing yards if they did that. So this is a guy like that, that doesn't run. Manning, when he got that like ten yard run in the Super Bowl, like his first rush ever, like twenty years in. But anyway, I was just looking. He's only thirty two years old. I mean, you're telling me the Rock wouldn't throw money at this guy to get him in the XFL, maybe? And you know, Bo's a proud guy. He he doesn't want to hold a clipboard on. I don't think second string, or I don't even know if he wants to coach the way he talks, right? He's 32. He looks like he takes really good care of himself. Yeah, I know his talent's not there, but like I said, don't you think that could be somewhat of a draw to the XFL where you have a guy who's got like MOPs and Grey Cups and this and that, and now he's headlining the Houston Roughnecks or whatever they're called, right? Like, you know, like that, that I would think that would be more valuable or a more option than TV or coaching, but I don't know. I hate to see him out of the CFL too. So I don't know. But anyway, that's my point on that, but I think Bo is done as a starter in Calgary. Now, how many teams in the CFL could use him right now? Is there anyone where you would think he would start over the current guy? Hamilton. Hamilton, maybe. Montreal next year. And then, so then again, other than that, it's XFL, I guess, eh, if he wants to be a starter. So, yeah, I don't know. Poor Bo, but we'll see. You know, the off season is a weird thing. I mean, it gets mixed up and tangled up. Saskatchewan could be looking for a quarterback next year. Fajardo's under contract uh, only to the end of this season. So you never know. You could see Bo Levi Mitchell and Green and White even possibly. And I'm sure that would be much to the chagrin of Ryder Nation. But either way, I mean, I think Bo Levi Mitchell's going to land somewhere. I don't think it's going to be for 700 or whatever he's getting paid right now a season. But he's going to get an opportunity with the team. I 
I'm pretty certain of that. It's just a matter of will Bo Levi Mitchell accept that paid deduction to be a competitor or be a starter on a team? Or is he going to do, like you said, Trey, XFL or maybe even the USFL? They could use also a big boost. Uh, and you never know. Some NFL team might just say, hey, do you want to be a third string clipboard guy? Now that you're open, we'll try and just bring you in for a tryout. That's all it takes is one tryout. And all of a sudden you're maybe doing something. I don't think yeah. he's too old. I know. No, I thought he did have it, but he turned it down. I thought I heard they, they were going to give him second or third string in mini, and he turned it down because he didn't want that. So that's the only reason why I didn't say NFL, unless he's just hoping for the payday now, I guess. But, I mean, I, I guess he's only going to hold the clipboard for, what, 12 games, and he gets that pension that Traveler's going for, right? So, like, whatever. But we'll see. And the other thing also is I think he's a proud guy. So I think he wants that starting job, wants to win the game, wants to win the trophy. Uh, if it's the XFL trophy, if it's a great cup, uh, I think he's a competitor. And I don't know if it's maybe the contract or the amount of money. Uh, he may have to take a cut, but I think he's still a guy that wants to start somewhere. In the can, we just, can we just talk about, though, how Jake Mayer has come in and played well enough that they haven't even thought about going back to Bowie by Mitchell, right? Because... There was that risk, I think. Mayer comes out, gets that start. What was it? First one was against Winnipeg, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, this season. He comes out and starts, and he flatlines there in the first half. I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Dave Dickinson would go back to Bo Levi Mitchell, but Mayer has played well enough, to his credit, to lock down that first job despite having uh, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of the past decade sitting behind him on the bench and uh, clearly not, not super happy about it. So... That, to me, is a testament uh, of the play of Jake Mayer, which I think has really elevated this offense for Calgary. And now that you've got Kadeem Carey healthy, you've got uh, Mayer going, Bagleton seems to be back on track, Malik Henry's back on track. If only Kamar Jordan could get back on track as well. It looks like a dangerous Calgary offense down the stretch, potentially. You know, I was just taking a look at Jake Mayer's stats here. Uh, for passing, I mean, he's played 23 games already, uh, 178 uh, for 225 attempts, 2269 yards, 11 touchdowns and five interceptions, averages nine yards a pass. So, I mean, he's been a good, good quarterback so far for the Calgary Stampeders when he's in there. And I can't really see him going anywhere right now. He seems to be the next successor. And really, I mean, with Tommy Stevens with him there, Tommy the touchdown king. Uh, I think that they're doing pretty good. So, uh, that being said, we're out of games already this week. Usually we get to talk about four this week. We only get to talk about three. Uh, anybody want to throw an NFL game in to talk about this week? Trey, what's the NFL game of the week? Oh man. I haven't even looked at NFL yet. Um, Packers and bears on Sunday nights. An interesting one. Rogers is the king of half ass unless he's playing the bears the bears seems to be the only team that he ever covers right so it, it's i'm sorry if we're uh, kids are watching i forgot we're you know maybe we're on kids youtube these days um but i i <laughs> that's the only one i would watch out. i just picked up rogers on my uh, fantasy i brady and rogers i don't know how they both landed to me but i'll take that um so yeah that should be my that's a game i want and I, I like chicago this year they picked up a weird win in a rainy, muddy stadium. So that should be a good game. But the, the swamp bowl. It was yeah. awful. Do you guys remember when they complained about Winnipeg Stadium that it's a substandard and everything else and then they play on Soldier Field? I mean, that was terrible. 
no, they're trying to build a new stadium there. They bought up an old Arlington racetrack, which is a huge place there to hopefully build one. It's not coming anytime soon, man. We could still have live racing there, man. What are you doing to me? The other thing also is I wanted to talk a little bit about what's happening in Saskatchewan this week, which is kind of cool. Uh, Friday, yeah, we talked about the Rough Riders and the Elks. But Saturday, there's actually a doubleheader of football games in Saskatchewan. It's called uh, Football Weekend in Saskatchewan. Uh, The U of R Rams and the U of S Huskies are going to be playing uh, in the late game. That's a battle of undefeated teams so far. So if you want to go watch some really good uh, U Sports football, that might not be a bad idea. And also it's game two of the home and home between the Saskatoon Hilltops and the Regina Thunder over in Mosaic Stadium as well. Uh, Wow, nice little comeback victory for the Regina Thunder last week. Wanted an overtime against the Hilltops, which is, you know, pretty impressive uh, to say the least because we all know who the Saskatoon Hilltops are, uh, usually perennial Canadian Bowl uh, champions. Uh, So that game is game two of that's uh, home and home. So, hey, if you get a chance, there's some deals on for Saskatchewan. Uh, guys that want to see all three games, be sure to check it out. Right on. Absolutely. Gotta love football time. Any sort of football is fun and good. Football. Let's take a look at uh, another type of football we enjoy, which is fantasy football. Uh, and let's take a look, first of all, at our CFL Fantasy League matchups. Uh, here this week for week number 15. The three of us are playing in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League against a number of other podcast hosts from around the CFL. And we're in a crunch time. Three weeks left in the regular season here for the Fantasy League. Uh, All of us currently sitting in playoff spots. You guys, I believe, are sixth and seventh uh, out of eight. So so, got to perform well here down the stretch myself. Uh, I've got a heavyweight matchup with Andrew from the Turf District uh, this week. I'm sitting at 11 and two in first place. He is sitting at 10 and three in second place, and uh, this will be a battle for a share of first place this week. So uh, I got to bring my A game here. Uh, you know, we'll go through our fantasy picks. Maybe I got to you know muddy the waters a little bit. I can't give too much away in case he has any intel watching. No, you know what? I'm so confident in my abilities as a fantasy football player that I tell you who I'm looking to pick every week on this podcast and people can go out and listen to it and plan accordingly and I'll still beat you. So that, that, that's, that's, that's what it is. And that's what I'm putting down for this week. Of course, then watch me lose by like 50, but uh, hopefully not. Uh, Adam, you've got Rod from the Wood Cookie Sawcast uh, this week, and Trey, you've got uh, Travis from the Two and Out CFL podcast. So, uh, looking for a big week here, guys. Only three games to pick from. Uh, how are you feeling coming into this week? Well, I'm feeling okay against the Wood Cookie Sawcast. I mean, they—I'll just consider them being playing at home. So, I mean, that should instantly give me the W, right? That is how it works with Ottawa, isn't it? Trey, how about you? Uh, on the bubble here, uh, tough loss last week. Uh, what are you looking at? Uh, how are you feeling for this week? Uh, I'm a little nervous because I got two games over the next three weeks. I got that dreaded bye last week, so I don't get to play for my uh, for my for, uh, for my fate. So I got to have a couple big wins here, but uh, I don't know, man. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for some big games. I got three games. You don't realize how much that tightens up your roster uh, flexibility here. Um, yeah, 
when four teams on a bye in one week, that sucks, but that's okay. Well, let's take a look at the options available for us this week, and let's start off at the quarterback position uh, with uh, the available quarterbacks this week. Zach Caleros, the most expensive one at $10,103, all the way down to the cheapest presumed starter as of right now, Vernon Adams Jr. at 7062 I mean, maybe one of Jamie Newman, Jalen Morton gets a start for Hamilton, and that's 5000 bucks. but we'll see. This week, I had a clear-cut number one quarterback going into the week. As the week's gone along, I'm starting to toy with other options in my head here based on some of the injury reports. I love Taylor Cornelius as a fantasy quarterback. He's the leading one on the season, not named Nathan Rourke. He's the leading one in the last three weeks. Uh, You need 23.8 points out of him. Last three games, he's averaged 23.4. He was my clear-cut first guy I put in my lineup the first attempt I made at it. The... I'm a little concerned about Trey Ford getting involved in that offense now and what that means. Maybe he poaches a couple plays here and there for him. But then that two-year contract extension today also makes me just want to double down on Taylor Cornelius here. And, you know, sometimes in CF, sometimes in fantasy football, you got to make that, that risky play. And I, I'm a believer in Taylor Cornelius, so I'm tempted to put him in my lineup and say, yeah, go for it and see what he does, just like he has the past couple of weeks. But then there's also some other interesting options. Jake Mayer at 94.54. I didn't love the matchup with BC initially, but if Delvin Bro is out and TJ Lee is out, Mayer's gotten things going well for the offense. Yeah, I kind of like that matchup a little bit more now. So I'm thinking about going Calgary's direction What in a game that could be a bit of a shootout. And then the other side of that matchup as well, $7,062 for Vernon Adams Jr. getting the start with the likes of Lucky Whitehead, Dominic Rimes, Brian Burnham, you name it, uh, at his disposal against the Calgary defense that gives up some of the most yards and points in the league. They also force a lot of turnovers, which ends up being the negative there. But I'm really toying now between these three guys in my lineup i'm not quite sold which way i'm going yet it might depend how the rest of my roster shakes out uh what are you guys looking at at the quarterback position though let's start with you trey now i apologize i don't have the source in front of me but i thought i saw that verdon adams got the green light this week and i saw somewhere right so i got verdon adams as my guy right now now that is also depth chart pending and you know more confirmation later but they play on the Saturday, right? So last game, I guess I'll have to throw it to Pimpkin if he goes in. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping for a big uh, play out of Vernon Adams. And even if he doesn't have a 300-yard game, I'm hoping he picks up some of those rushing yards and maybe a rushing touchdown or something up there. Adam, what about you? I'm really debating what I do. I think I want to take one of the Calgary quarterbacks. I may go touchdown, Tommy, to be honest with you. $5,000. Very cheap of a quarterback. And, you know, if he gets me three rushing touchdowns, I've made more than my $5,000 back. I don't know if I like it, though, as much because I'm sure by now BC's probably seen enough of touchdown Tommy. So to me, I think I might go with Jake Mayer. Uh, Depending what's happening here, though, if Saskatchewan really has all those injuries, I may also take Kayla Cornelius. But uh, right now I'll say Jake Mayer or uh taylor cornelius unless i go crazy and go do a touchdown tommy don't do it man don't do it i'm I'm, i I get where you're coming from on that but we're talking about you need 
two one-yard rushing touchdowns in order for him to hit the value. If he only hits one, you're only getting half the value there. You're unlikely to get more than that value. Maybe if it was a week where there weren't any good quarterback matchups, but I think there's so many of them this week that uh, I would not recommend personally going the route uh, of Tommy Stevens or one of those backup quarterbacks, unless you really just want to take a chance. And uh, hey, last week it paid off if you took Tommy Stevens at quarterback. So uh, potentially that uh, could be the case again this week. Let's move on and talk about the running back position uh, where Kadeem Carey is the most expensive by far, once again, at $9,491, about 2400 more than the next highest, which is Brady Oliveira. All the way down to your probably cheapest, air quote, starter is Kevin Brown at 4000 And I say that because Chris Jones just keeps trying to lie straight to our faces and tell us that Ante milanovic Litre is the starting running back for this team when he got zero carries last week. And Kevin Brown was fantastic. So I'm not going to believe it when the depth chart comes out, if he's not the starter. I love Kevin Brown as an option at running back. And I love uh, everything about how he's gotten involved in the rushing game, how he's gotten involved in the passing game. He's played two games here for for Edmonton. He's averaged 15.1 points in those games. He's $4,000. You only need 10 out of them. He's revitalized that run game. They've gotten more out of him the past two games than they've really gotten from anybody since James Wilder in the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, and the the passing ability, the the receptions, you know, it's PPR fantasy. That That's huge for me for Kevin Brown. And I like him at that cheap price. And I really like Frankie Hickson as well. I like both running backs in this matchup. You know, he's been just such a spark since he's come in for Saskatchewan. Uh, especially, you know, if Cody Fajardo doesn't end up playing this game, well, you, but then again, it's Jason Moss. So you'll probably say, okay, we're putting the backup quarterback in. Let's just not run the ball at all, uh, knowing him. But I still like Frankie Hickson. He's cheap. He's $4,843. He's averaged 14.7 in his last three games. That's a heck of a total there for him. So Honestly, probably between those two guys, if I do have extra money available, maybe it's Kadeem Carey because he's always a good play, but that's a lot of money to spend uh, where you could potentially, I think, uh, find some high-priced receivers this week to, to fill out your lineup. Let's go over to you first on this one, Adam. Uh, what, are you, what are you looking at at running back? Well, first, I mean, first, I'm taking Frankie Hickson. I mean, traditionally, the Edmonton Elks cannot stop a run game. Uh, Frankie Hickson has been just absolutely exposing one of the better teams against the run in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for the last two weeks. Had two, if there's anybody in the offense that had a good game last week in Winnipeg, it was probably Frankie Hickson. Uh, didn't have even the best game that he's ever had, but he had a decent game as well. Still hasn't fell in the end zone, but I think this week he's going to find it once, twice, maybe even three times. Uh, depending on exactly what Edmonton does. You were saying Kevin Brown. I like him, but I don't know if I like him against the Riders defense that just got showed up last week. If they're annoyed and they're upset because they got beat down by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they could really want to show what they can do. And traditionally, the Riders are actually one of the teams that only allows under 100 yards a game uh, on the run. So... That doesn't spode well for Kevin Brown. I know he's been kind of the exciting new guy in Edmonton. We'll see what happens here this week. The other quarter uh, running back that I'm looking at really is James Butler. 
I just don't know of uh, Calgary's defensive line. If it's worth the risk or not, he is quite a bit of money at 6,993 bucks. But I just have a feeling with James Butler, the other option might be Peyton Logan. Uh, Calgary seems to use him a lot more in options or in uh, giving uh, Gideon Carey a break. So those are my other two options, but definitely Frankie Hickson for the riders. Trey? Yeah, it looks like we're all going with Hickson so far. I have him up there as well. My other guy, I'm going to go with a little – he has had a couple slow weeks. I'm going to go with Oliveira. Uh, if you go a few weeks back to against when they played Montreal, I think he had about 15 rushing points and then another five in receiving. So picking up 20 points, it's not too bad. Let's look at the board. Is that – that's not bad, you know? That's what he needs to pick up to make some solid points, right? So I'm thinking that's what he's going to do against Hamilton. I think they're going to go away from the pass. I'm hoping in a game where it's not such a must-win and rivalry game, run the ball, chew up some yards, and uh, I'm hoping Hickson does the same thing against Edmonton. Yeah, you guys, uh, I like that you touched on a lot of these guys that I didn't get to. So we kind of cover the whole board here. You know, yeah, you're right on the matchup with Kevin Brown. It's not an ideal matchup against Saskatchewan. You're right on that, Adam. Uh, I just think the usage we've seen from him the past couple of weeks. If you at the $4,000 price, I like it. If he's at 7000 I don't know if I'm taking it in that matchup. But uh, a large part of it is taking things at the price that they're at. Uh Let's move over to wide receiver here, and I'll have you guys go through first as I scroll through it. Uh, and uh, let's talk about who you've got your eyes on here. We'll go to you first on this one, Trey. Uh, what are you looking at at receiver? I'm going to start with the bottom and work my way up here. My flex guy right now, I'm feeling Janarian Grant. and I'm doing it because he was getting a little bit of action in the receiving core. But he just keeps looking like he's one block away from a touchdown on every kick and punt return. You know, it just he he just again he looks one block away, and I I, I have a feeling he could win someone a million dollars if they still do that contest himself, right? So that's why I have him my flex. Going with Keon Hatcher, we'll see how that goes. He's kind of disappointed me as of late. I have no. Real reason, other than he was getting me wins earlier in the year. I'm just going pure gut, and my other guy, I can't go against Dalton Schoen. Again, no real reason other than he's, what, top five in receiving yards, and it's fantasy, and I'm going off of pure gut feeling. Adam, what are you, what are you looking at? Well, right now, the first pick I'm going to take is Brendan O'Leary Orange over for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 2500 bucks, cheap pickup, and he could see a lot of yards if – Drew Wolitarski, who by all accounts looks like he's out this week. I really do like Brendan O'Leary Orange. Another blue bomber that I'm looking at right now is Nick Dembski. Yes, he's $9,000 and very expensive. However, he has been getting hotter and hotter every week for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He absolutely lit up his previous team last week, and I think he's going to do it again. I just can't see Hamilton doing much up against those two guys on the Winnipeg uh, offense. The one other guy I'm going to take is kind of a little bit of an audible is Mario Alfred for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The reason being is he always gets good return yards for starters. So you're going to get those points. The other thing is he's playing in Edmonton special teams unit that is not known for holding back guys as very as well as sometimes other teams can. Mario Alfred could break one again this week. If he does, 
I could see it against the Elks. And if he does, well, guess what? You're going to get a lot of fantasy points by that happening. So those are my picks right now. I'm still debating the Nick Dembski one. We'll see on that one. But uh, yeah, definitely I do like Brendan O'Leary Orange and uh, Mario Alford right now. For me this week, uh, this is a week where I'm looking at a lot of the high-priced wide receivers as actually viable options. I feel like a lot of times you go middle of the pack, right? You're looking at the guys around that $5,000 salary. Maybe you get a cheap $2,500 value play. So a lot of these guys that can have hit good totals lately. Like, let's just sort by a last three-game average. Nick Dembski in his last three games has put up 25.7 as an average. You're hitting your value even at over $9,000. Tim White for Hamilton, $8,906. He's averaged 25.5. Kind of like that play as much. Oh, I'm, I'm nervous about the Hamilton quarterback situation, but I've been nervous about them for how many weeks now, and Tim White still delivers. And if the Bombers are going to play zone defense, bend but don't break, well, that could mean a lot of receptions and a lot of yards potentially for Tim White. It's, it's not my my top pick necessarily at wide receiver, but it's always tempting. Uh but I like Nick Dembski, eyeing him in my lineup. I don't think I've had the confidence to put him in any week thus far, but it's clear with Greg Ellingson out, like he's the go-to guy right now. Like it seems Dalton Schoen is now more so just that red zone, you know, touchdown guy. Maybe he's getting covered a little more. Nick Dembski gets a ton of usage everywhere. So I love Dembski this week. Malik Henry is also really encouraging to me because he's Jake Mayer's go-to target. And if BC is going to be without two of their top defensive backs, potentially, again, check the depth chart. If Calgary can get that passing game going, if it's a bit of a shootout, I expect a lot of the ball to end up in Malik Henry's hands in that one. So uh, I like those guys as expensive receivers here. Uh, as we scroll down the list, the other one, another, and then I like a lot of the cheaper value plays. Like I, I'm high on the Edmonton Elks in fantasy. That might may seem absurd to say uh, be, based on how thin their depth chart looks and how inadequate they've been at times throughout this season. But Jalen Marshall scored another touchdown last week. He's at 34-13. He's scored more in his three starts here than, than his money is worth. Um, so I think that's potential play. I think that Dylan Mitchell at 2651 is a steal. This is the Dal I'll say this. Dylan Mitchell is the Dalton shown of the second half of the CFL season. This is a guy that started out in fantasy at $2,500. He will be over $5,000 by the end of the season is, is my bold take on Dylan Mitchell here. Uh, who's averaged 15.9. You need six points out of him. That's three catches for 30 yards. You can't tell me you're not going to get that out of a wide receiver potentially. Adam mentioned Brendan O'Leary-Orange. Yep, that's tempting. He had a good game filling in the role last week, so I like that as well at $2,500. You know, maybe Jalen Philpot for Calgary if you want a cheap Calgary receiver. You don't want to go with Malik Henry. Or, you know, if you want the cheaper alternative to Tim White, maybe it's Poppy White at 38-29 who's, who put up 11.1 .1 points last game. So, I'm actually almost staying away from the middle price range at wide receiver this week. I'm kind of leaning more towards the upper end and the lower end. One potential play that I've, though I will mention that I think, I don't think I've recommended once all season. I'm starting to get in Rashid Bailey back in the, uh, the fantasy relevance category. He's picked up his game as the season's gone along back to what we saw from him last year. He's $5,815. 
season average 8.5 last three games 10.5 so a boost of two points there had a big one with 19.3 and was one of the go-to receivers last week so if I do go a middle-priced receiver, yeah, I may take a chance on Rasheed Bailey to at least get in for a touchdown and a couple catches there. Let's look at defenses here, and uh, the most expensive one on the list is Calgary at 4109 then BC is at 3825 Those two teams going head-to-head, then Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Hamilton, and Edmonton all at $3,200. Uh, let us start with you here, Adam. What are you looking at at defense this week? I've been putting this, uh, and you've seen a theme probably in my picks this week, but I think that Saskatchewan is going to have a bounce-back game, uh, especially on the defense. They look terrible against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. If they're healthy and they're ready to go, they are going to come back for, I I hope, a revenge tour. Uh, If that's the case, I really like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defense to prove a point that they are still one of the dominant defenses in the league, and that was merely a... uh, stomach bug that uh, stopped him at Winnipeg. Uh, Trey, who are you thinking? I got Winnipeg because I'm going to go kind of similar thinking. I think they're on a victory tour. I think they're just going to slow things down. They don't have a rush game to hopefully worry about. So it's just a lot of sacks and interceptions. But you're actually looking at it. If you had the money, I'd maybe go with uh, Calgary. Um Wait, who does Cal? I'm I'm sorry, I'm zoned out. Calgary plays Edmonton? BC. Oh, BC. Sorry, who plays Edmonton? Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, okay. Mm, Yeah, then probably Saskatchewan would be my other choice if I was allowed to pick them, but I know I'm not. I'll tell you what, Trey, just because you and me both have to get into the playoffs, you're welcome to use Saskatchewan one week. I'll turn my back and ignore it. Why do you care anymore, Adam? You're a Bomber fan now. Yeah, fair point. Uh, for but I me, don't know if we can't use Winnipeg. That would be unfair. <laughs> yeah, for me on defense this week, I'm looking at the Bombers at 3,200. I like the matchup there against Hamilton. I don't trust Dane Evans and his turnovers. I don't really trust either of the backups in Hamilton right now. I think uh, this could be a game where Willie Jefferson and crew are going to get you know the best out of the, that defensive line. And Brandon Alexander at in at safety yeah that that has me salivating over this matchup a little bit here so going winnipeg but yeah it's more expensive but if you're going cheaper at running back or some of those cheap wide receivers and you have room for them calgary's defense they give up a ton of points they give up a ton of yards but they also make a lot of big plays they get a lot of sacks they force a lot of turnovers and if we're talking about va being that kind of guy who forces the untimely turnover uh, and, you know, throws the untimely pick, well, then maybe Calgary can feast on that, turn that back for a pick six. But I think I still like the Winnipeg matchup here against Hamilton a little bit better uh, for this week on defense. Uh, well, I think that does it for fantasy this week. Again, make sure you check the depth charts because that can impact your lineup a whole ton. Uh, but let's move on to making our picks against the spread here, powered by BetStamp. BetStamp's a free app that helps you find the best odds on every sports game you're looking to wager on to help you get the best bang for your buck and uh, you can learn more at betstamp.app and sign up with referral code cfc you can track our picks there on the marketplace uh, if you search at cf countdown pod there where we'll be locking in what we're making here for consensus picks on the show uh and for that we uh hand things over to resident betting expert trey all right guys yeah 
A lot of big spreads this weekend, and if you're a fan of the football down south, there's a lot of big spreads there too. So a lot of uh, a lot of lopsidedness in football right now. But we start off with the first game of the week. Oh boy. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with Edmonton, man. Plus eight. I think Saskatchewan will win. I just don't know if they'll win by a touchdown in a rouge. I'm not confident in that. I think they will win maybe by a field goal or a touchdown. It's that extra rouge that makes me feel a little nervous. So Edmonton plus eight. Adam, let's go to you. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling like Ryan. It's always that spread, man. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this week because seven and a half points on lights out day. Uh, we always have this lights out evening. Uh, they play at eight o'clock. To me, it's one of those games that just gets the rider fans and the riders pumped right up. Uh, I think that the riders are going to win by more than seven and a half in this one. I think it'll be a 10 point game probably is what I'm guessing a touchdown and a field goal. So, you know what, to me, I'm going to go with the rough riders this week. And I think they also have a point to prove. Plus also with Cody's there, he probably wants to get a ball out for uh, his young son who uh, needs his first touchdown ball. I'm going plus eight on Edmonton. I'm agreeing with Trey on this one. I think, first of all, the Elks are on the road, so that means good things for them. That uh, really should sway a couple points back in their favor, not having to play at home where they're abysmal. Uh, I also like the bright spots I've seen from the offense the last couple of weeks. I'm undecided on on Cody Fajardo and whether he'll play this week. And if we're locking these in now on Wednesday night, yeah, and that uncertainty, all the injuries and whatnot. I think it's at least going to be a close game. Even early in the season between these two teams, it was still a pretty close game to the last couple of minutes. So I will take the the bet stamp best odds for Edmonton plus eight from bet 99. I will take that. And I would say at a payout of 3.55 is the best odds from the Elks. I would be really tempted actually to, to put put something down on Edmonton winning this one outright. Uh, I think they can. I, I believe in them, and that may be, you know, I, that's a reasonable upset for me potentially this week. Just to remember also, this is Chris Jones' first game back in Saskatchewan uh, against Edmonton. So, you know, that crowd is going to be all over the turtleneck this week. That's true, but they were all over the Blue Bombers, and, you know, uh, we still got a 55-yard field goal to win it. But uh, let's go on to Saturday, first of a double. Ah, bye, Adam. Um, first of a double header. Man, the spreads don't get any better. Um, dang it. I'm going to take uh, – shoot. I'll probably be the only one, but cool bet, seven and a half. I'll take it. I don't like it. Ugh. Yeah, I'm going to take Winnipeg. I stuck with them last week with a big spread, and they came through. I'm going to go with it. Ryan, you uh, you very rarely take your hometown team. What are you going to do this time? I don't take my hometown team that often because the spread is often so much in their favor, and when it's a larger spread, I tend to take the underdog because in my, in my brain, that gives me more of a chance of getting it right because I've got an extra nine-point leeway. You know, if I were to take Hamilton plus nine, but I'm going to take Winnipeg minus seven and a half this week. And uh, you said you're a little iffy on this one, Trey. I, I, I'm locking this one in. I'm confident on this one for the Bombers. Uh, Hamilton is a mess right now is an easy way to put it. 
Uh, Winnipeg's coming off their most dominant win of the season. Could it be a trap game? Potentially. But even if it is, I just don't know if Hamilton can make this close right now. I don't have the confidence they can. So, yeah, give me the Bombers at minus seven and a half. Adam? I've got to go with Lord O'Shea and uh, take the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on this one. You know what? It's not going to be a close one. Hamilton, until they can figure out their quarterback situation, it's very hard to pick the Hamilton Tiger Cats for anything, to be honest with you. Uh, plus nine is not a bad number if you really do like your Tiger Cats. But to me, Winnipeg has just been so dominant lately. And with them being that way, I just can't see them losing against the Tie Cats uh, or beating the Tie Cats by less than seven and a half. So, no, I'll go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as well. Wow, pretty. This might be the most we've agreed so far. Uh, last game. You know what? I'm going to go on a hunch on this one. BC plus seven at Cool Bet. I'm going to take it. I'm going to lock that one in. I think this game will be closer than it says. I don't know. This was another one I would they potentially take BC to outright win, especially parlay it with the Edmonton one. Ooh, if that came through, you're looking at a decent payout at five, ten bucks even. You might win. I'm not going to do the math, uh, but you know, it, I'm going to take BC plus seven. Adam, you know what? This is a playoff game essentially. If you want to decide who gets second and who gets third, uh, this could be home playoff uh, game essentially. Decide it right now. I. I don't like Vernon Adams going on the road to Calgary, to be honest with you right now, just because I don't think he has all the playbook in place. I just am a little nervous about it. Calgary's defense also looks pretty sharp. Uh, most weeks they gave the Winnipeg Blue Bombers even a little bit of a scare there in IGF. So I'm going to go with Calgary Stampeders at six and a half right now, just because I think the Stampeders are probably the better uh, uh, better team right now with Nathan Rourke out of the lineup. Uh, if Nathan Rourke was in this lineup, I think I'd be taking BC all day. But I don't know if I got the same confidence in Vernon Adams at the moment. A couple weeks, maybe, but not now. Ryan? I'm interested to know before I make my pick, who, which way you guys think I would go on this one? Uh, what are you guys thinking here, Trey, uh, based on my track record? BC. Just BC. Adam? I, I think you'd go Calgary just because uh, you don't trust Vernon Adams as much. Yeah, okay, so you're split down the middle, so I guess i got to break the tie either way. But, uh, no, I'm going Calgary. And, uh, yeah, Trey, you're right. Normally I would go BC. I, I think I'm higher on BC than, than kind of the rest of the panel here. Uh, and I would normally go their direction, but I don't like them as much on the road I, out to Calgary. Calgary historically has had good, you know, a pretty good record at home. I like what Jake Mayer has done. Uh, Vernon Adams in there. Yeah, that should give them a bit of a spark, but I don't know enough about what Vernon, this offense led by Vernon Adams looks like. Have they regained that confidence that they had when Nathan Rourke was at the helm uh, with them? So uh, they've got a home and home. Spoiler alert. I, I may take BC next week in that one when they're at home, but I think in the first one here, I got to take the Stampeders at minus six and a half from bet 99, according to bet stamp best odds here. But uh, Trey, I do like what you said about the the money line pick, though. You know, every week when I'm looking at these, I'm always looking at one. What could you put a couple bucks down for for a good payout that I could reasonably think could happen? Yeah, I'm taking Calgary by a minus six and a half here. 
but I could see a scenario where BC wins and that may be, you know, I did say I would take Edmonton at the payout, maybe BC, if you're looking for a good one at 3.15, like that, that's a decent payout here, right? Oh yeah. And like I said, if you parlayed it with the Edmonton one and you get two lucky upsets, you know, it's, you don't have to put a lot down to win there, but real quick, before we move on, I need you guys to help. Uh, I'm doing some NFL picks. Buffalo minus 10 over Tennessee. Do I take that? I am i don't know. I'm a believer in Bill's Mafia, but minus 10 over Derek, uh, Derek Henry. That's tough, eh, Adam? I mean, like, Tannenhill's not the greatest, but, I mean, negative 10 for Buffalo? I mean, yeah, um, Stephon yeah. Diggs. And, I mean, they look good against the champs, but yeah, uh, no, I don't think so. Not with King Henry on the other side of the football. I think I, I'd go Tennessee. Is there, there must be some injury or something I don't know about. Minus 10 is huge for Monday night. Ryan, any quick thoughts, uh, NFL rookie? Sorry, I forgot uh, that. Is that in Buffalo or is that in Tennessee? It's in Buffalo. It's in Buffalo. Okay. Prime time in Buffalo, so I don't know. <laughs> I will abstain from giving any insight on this one because I don't want to influence anybody's betting picks when I don't really know much about the Tennessee Titans. I know that I know that Buffalo is a really darn good team, and a lot of people are picking them to be the favorites, and they had a convincing win last Thursday uh against the rams in the opener but uh yeah i don't know enough on the titans myself to to influence that pick there seems like a big spread but buffalo seems like a good team to me so i should add add, trey one other thing though buffalo uh won big but tennessee just lost against the giants giants are surprisingly good i don't know they that that division's theirs though that division's theirs with dak being out and the Washington team, really, Wentz is going to lead them anywhere. And what, they got Philadelphia? Like, I don't know. That could be their division, man. So, I don't, I don't know. know. All I could say is Daniel Jones. Come on. Really? Uh, it was the craziest week one forever. Oh. And that was a crazy week. Two ties, a bunch of end-game winning field goals. It was nuts. <laughs> that Steelers-Cincinnati game was absolutely insane. See, that, that was my AFC championship, Bills and Bengals. Not now. I don't know. Did I accidentally say that the Bills uh, were predicted to win the Grey Cup? Uh, oh, I, I, meant, I meant Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, Chris in the chat has me second-guessing what I had said there on that one. With Super Bowl predictions for the Bills. But, yeah, a lot of people are high on them coming into this year. Uh, I got to say, fun I'm first week of – taking the bills fun first week of nfl too as a guy who's trying to get more into it uh i had a lot of fun following the action this weekend i i discovered nfl red zone for the first time uh that's my ideal way to check it out uh as somebody who doesn't want to sit through the you know running down the play clock necessarily uh and all the commercials in between as i'm trying to get more into it and familiar with the league love it i love the nfl red zone ideal way to watch it so what was your guys' game of the week last week, I guess, over in the uh, in the NFL? Ooh. Trey, you want to go first on this one? You know, that it was awful, but Cincy Pittsburgh had to have been maybe one of the most thrilling games I've ever seen. Um, the AFC South was interesting. What was it? All None of the four teams got a win and two of them played each other because they got the tie. Uh, that was an interesting one as well. Uh, who am I missing? Who played that one? Indy? Uh, whoever. And, and Seahawks, Broncos too. I thought Russell uh, Russell Wilson would be better than that. And 
I don't know if it's just was because they were playing in Seattle. I don't know what it was, but he looked awful. I expect it. And then what that last play thing, like, you know, if you ever watch, if you ever are bored, watch the Mannings do Monday night football, right? Like you see Peyton go like, <laughs> you know, what are you doing? And they waste down the 60 seconds of the last minute and 10. That's, that's the dumbest NFL. I hate the four. That's the one thing I really wish the NFL would get rid of is the 40 second play clock, but the NFL is never going to change. The, the, yeah. The only thing that changes quicker than the NFL is MLB and we know how fast they go. Right. So I don't know. It was a great week for me, man. And then I just, like I said, I just finished up a fantasy. I guess we decided to start week two for some reason. I got Brady and Rogers, so I don't can't get much better at quarterback. So we'll see how it goes. I think my game of the week, I mean, obviously my team won uh, against the, uh, what do you call Carolina Panthers on a 58 yard field goal for the win, essentially for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, uh, Chris over in the chat also is asking about the Browns new logo on center field. Love it. That's the old school logo for the Cleveland Browns. How could I not love that? That looks awesome. But uh, no, that was game of the week for me. I mean, I, I thought that we were out of it after, uh, after watching Baker go down and get a touchdown. I thought, Oh boy, we're out of this. We're done. Somehow we managed to come back, get a field goal, win the thing. So to me, that was the game of the week. Uh, Ryan, did you have one? Yeah, I love chaos. So I have two games of the week. One was that one in Chicago between the Bears and the 49ers just because of the rain and the wet field. And I don't know, or is it secretly built on a swamp because there was water everywhere and just nothing going on that one. And then then you tune in and you see the Justin Fields long touchdown all of a sudden that the Bears uh, got the, the offense going there. Uh, I thought that one was kind of fun to see. And yeah, that Broncos Seahawks one, I, I watched the replays. I didn't get to to watch the game because I had the pod on Monday night, but watching the replays of it and running down the clock just to kick a 64 yard field goal, miss it, double down if you're the coach after the game that you would kick that again. Then one or two days later, come out and say, okay, never mind. I watched the footage now. That was dumb. Yeah, we're never doing that again. I love that. Uh, the absurdity of it. Uh, as somebody who's not fully invested in a specific team right now, give me Team Chaos. So those are my games of the week for the NFL. You you pay a guy $270 million or whatever you're giving Wilson, and you take the ball and give it to your kicker. But one thing. Kansas City, their backup kicker came in clutch too. Uh, I can't read. He hasn't played kicker since high school. And I think he got a PAT and some kickoffs and some. And so, you know, it valuable kickers, uh, you know, show up in every league too, right? So, yeah, great week. Yeah, and one to no fantasy week for myself to start the season as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, good start to the year. Had a, had a bit of fantasy advice from Trey ahead of time. So, uh, you know, took that to heart. Uh, one other quick note that I want to bring up because it's also related to the CFL. Uh, the New York Jets made some moves here today. Uh, Ty Long was signed by the New York Jets to the practice squad. So I believe one of our fantasy teams uh, with one of our guys in our CFC fantasy, uh, I believe has Ty Long. So uh, you might, he don't get points if he gets points with the Jets. So just saying. I don't think, uh, I, no, nobody has Ty Long. Ty Long hasn't been in the CFL in like two years. Really? He was with yeah. BC last year. The uh, year before, I think. Was it the year before? Oh, yeah. 
Well, then I'm crazy. Anyways, uh, the other one also that was released by the uh, New York Jets today was Deontay Spencer. Uh, returned right wide receiver. I believe he was with the Toronto Argonauts last, if I'm not mistaken. I was Toronto and then went to Ottawa, I think. Oh, okay. So does Ottawa need two returners, specialty returners right now with Edmund and Spencer? They could use a heck of a wide receiver, which is Deontay Spencer, right? That would be dangerous to see Deontay Spencer and uh, Deadman on the other side of them. Just, you know, just a mess with everybody. But uh, you can't kick away from both or you're just taking a penalty every time. And I should add that a certain quarterback from uh, the New York Jets was not cut. Contrary to popular belief, he's still on the practice roster. I thought you were building this up for like the solid like length of this just to tell us and drop that news on us after your opening speech. That would have been uh, that would have been the perfect long con, Adam. I really, really wanted to have him get cut, today, just so I'm gonna throw that right at the end of the speech. That's fine. The Cowboys need a quarterback for the next eight weeks, man. They can the Cowboys can go sign him right now. You telling me they didn't sign Uncle Rico? Oh, did they? Well, of course. He's he's signed wow. as a quarterback. He's lifelong quarterback for the Cowboys. Oh, man. Well, no. The Cowboys need a real quarterback, not Dak Prescott. Well, I think it's time to get into wrapping things up here because I think a thunderstorm is starting outside. Yeah, it scared the crap out of me just two seconds ago. I had my patio window wide open, and I was like, holy jeez. <laughs> so it's here all day, so I mean, I would expect it to be going that way. Let's get into wrapping this up then before the power goes out here, I think, is is the game plan here. Uh, that that was it for, for our Week 15 uh, preview here. So, uh, yeah, uh, make sure you, you get your fantasy picks, your bets in, all of that fun stuff. Don't bet the farm. Make sure you check out the depth charts. Enjoy this weekend's three games. Uh, next week on Monday... Uh, we'll have our week 15 recap, uh, Monday night, 9 p.m. Winnipeg time, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan, uh, other time zones adjust accordingly. We'll be live again, uh, recapping the three games, giving our players of the week, our power rankings, all of that fun stuff. Uh, and then next Wednesday, we will be live with our, uh, week 16 preview show, uh, Wednesday, September 21st at 9 p.m. as well. You can catch all of these shows live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Just search the Canadian football countdown there. Also on the Game Time TV YouTube page. All thanks to our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. You can also catch it afterwards in all of your audio podcast feeds on your favorite podcatcher as well. A programming note for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm handing the keys over to you guys here on the Wednesday nights for the next few weeks here. Uh, my schedule uh, changed a little bit for, for the next two weeks or so. So uh, unfortunately, I won't be available uh, on the Mondays and the Wednesday nights uh, coming up here. But, uh, you know, I, I entrust you guys with the keys to the car. You do a fantastic job every week. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to tuning in after the fact and, and seeing what you guys talk about as you preview week 16 and, and, and week 17 the week after. So uh, I won't be here. These guys will still be here those couple of weeks and uh, deliver you uh, lots of fun and I'm sure a lot of laughs along the way. So uh, look forward to that because I know I am here as well. I, uh, you can follow us on social media. Uh, you can find us over on uh, Twitter uh, at CF Countdown Pod on Facebook, facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod. Make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well at CF Pod Network. 
Uh, let's start with you, Trey. Where can people find uh, you and what have you all got going on right now? Oh, I don't got much going on. I'm just in school. So uh, I'll be on my phone all day during class uh, doing that, like, you know, when I'm not supposed to be. But you can still find me at Trey and the Harness. Uh, yeah, I'll try to put some CFL picks. But my NFL picks didn't do that great last week. But, you know, it's NFL. Just need one good weekend. Um, I downloaded a bunch of old Assassin's Creed games. So watch me tweet about that. I feel like I might do that because I, I was really getting into the pirate one today. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Adam, what about you? Yeah, I got to admit, Black Flag was a pretty good one. Uh, you can find me at Adam Stewart 1. You'll probably see me sitting around looking at the rain and feeling sad because I can't go combining. But, you know, it'll eventually uh, dry up and we'll be going with the harvest again. So, yeah, follow me over there for some good uh, pictures. You can also see me over at Instagram at uh, farmer in sask and if you want to look at youtube sometimes i post some cool little videos up there as well and uh be sure to also follow me around because i know pretty soon it's going to be senior hockey season here in saskatchewan we're very excited to add a few extra teams to the league this year it's going to be a busy busy winter with that uh yeah follow along with me and you might even be able to catch a few senior hockey games along the way so right where can guys find you yeah, people can find me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42 If you want to talk CFL, CFL fantasy, uh, as mentioned, yeah, I won't be on the podcast the next couple of weeks, but if you want my CFL fantasy insight, uh, follow me on Twitter, send me a message, send me a tweet. Uh, I'd be happy to discuss it there. Uh, and uh, maybe a little NFL as well as I get more involved in that. Who knows? Uh, looking forward to another fun week of that. Uh, you can also uh, make sure you follow uh, Mike on Twitter at Mike Garrell. Uh, he should be back, I believe, on Monday night for the recap this coming week. So look forward to that. And I know he's been very busy with the start of hockey season. So make sure you check out everything he's got going on over there as well. Uh, we always appreciate uh, anybody who joins us live, joins us in the chat. We love the great comments throughout the night here. Uh, and we always appreciate if you listen after the fact also as well. And we appreciate if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. Uh, on behalf of our panel here this evening, Trey, Adam, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.